to support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by PB and Joey. Simple, honest, and delicious. Go to pbandjoey.com for more information. $35 or more is free shipping. That's pbandjoey.com for more information. pbandjoey.com. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by poppycroc.com for all your fake news, bite-sized pieces. Fake news, or is it? Go to poppycroc.com for more information. Poppycroc.com. Hey, everyone. Here's a great way to support this website and make money for yourself. This is Robinhood, the app that makes investing easier and offers more ways to make your money work harder. Their goal? Investing in financial markets more affordable, more intuitive, and more fun, no matter how much experience you have or don't have. Keep a broker in your back pocket. Everything you need to manage your assets and all available in a single app. Set up customized news and notifications to stay on top of your assets as casually or as relentlessly as you like. Controlling the flow of info is up to you. Have access to stocks, funds, options, cash management, and cryptocurrency. Make unlimited commission-free trades in stocks, funds, and options with Robinhood Financial. The same goes for buying and selling cryptocurrencies with Robinhood Crypto and zero commission fees. Also introducing cash management. Invest, spend, and earn all through your brokerage account. Secure a spot on the waitlist and reserve your card. Here's what I want you to do. Go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate and when you click on the referral banner and securely sign up either using your Android, Apple device, or desktop, you get a share of stock value between $3 and $150 after funding your account. That's all you got to do. You get a free stock. I get a free stock. We all win. Trading terms and conditions still apply. See Robinhood.com for more information. Once again, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate, click on the Robinhood referral banner, and claim your free stock. Robinhood, it's time to do money. Mr. Mystery Guest. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Unless you want to open a front door for me. Uh, I'm afraid not. But you have me at a loss. You know my name, but who are you? Just another American who saw too many movies as a child. Another orphan of a bankrupt culture who thinks he's John Wayne, Rambo, Marshall Dillon. I was always kind of partial to Roy Rogers, actually. I really like those sequined shirts. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com, streaming live from the Spare Parts Studios. Welcome, everybody, to another week of the podcast. This is the Positive Sarcasm Podcast. I know, isn't it wonderful? How are my voices stopping so abruptly? Uh, I sound like Obama. And we're going to start the podcast, and it's going to be great. And you're going to pay a penalty every year for not helping health insurance. Streaming live from the Spare Parts Studio, you can find me on Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm. You can find me on Facebook.com slash POS sarcasm, or if you just want to be my friend uh, and send me hate mail, you can go to Facebook.com slash positive sarcasm. You also find me on the TikTok with the TikTards. That's uh, TikTok at positive sarcasm, where I just post shit from my Instagram, basically. 
Uh, and let's see what else. You can find me on all the social medias as far as... Well, you can't find me on all the social medias because I'm not on uh, Snapchat. Sorry. Sorry. You can, however, f- subscribe to this podcast wherever podcasts are available. And then, of course, hit me up on my YouTube channels. Hello, everybody. Did you get your stimulus checks yet? All right. What are you going to do with those stimulus checks? First of all, let's just say... Let's just say... You're, let's just say for the vast majority of you, you're making under $75,000 a year and you are going to get, most likely you're going to get a check for $1,200. What are you going to do with that check? Just think very carefully. Chances, most, the vast amount of people have got, uh, did their taxes, hopefully. My God, if you haven't done your taxes right now, you are really bent and sideways. But let's just say you're a responsible individual. You did your taxes for your minute shitty job, which you, which means that you got direct deposit and then you're done. And you got a stimulus check in the mail, which a lot of people did today, including this gentleman right here, because I'm not rich. Uh, what are you going to do with it? Okay, what are you what are you going to do with it? Are you going to spend it on debt? Are you going to or are you unemployed? If you're unemployed, what you should do is just put it in the bank and use that to basically ride the wave of whatever you're getting for unemployment, whatever you're getting for paid time off that was which, which was refunded back to you, reimbursed back to you. Basically, just put it on top of that potluck until you find a new job. And then once you've secured that job after a couple months, use that to pay off debt. If you are working, which a lot of people are, a lot of essential health employees, a lot of essential uh, construction employees, a lot of essential people are still doing their jobs, still doing their thing. That 1200 bucks. let's face it, we all have some type of debt that we're paying down. That's where it should go to. If you have $1,200, if you're not going to put it in the stock market for a long-term investment, then you should take at least 1000 of that. You're getting 1200 if you're basically just a single person doing single things and drinking single malt. That should go right to debt. Put it towards your car loan because chances are you probably bought a car that you shouldn't have and you have an interest rate, which you mostly deserve because you made some bad decisions when you were younger. And so you got like a seven, eight, nine, 10% interest rate. Put it towards your debt. Put it towards your debt. Number one, if you have that money right away and you want to refinance, then what you do is call up the bank, want to re- lower your interest rate, send them a check for $1,000. They'll refinance that with it. And that'll help lower your interest rate because then they'll be get, you'll be getting a lower interest rate, which means your, pay, your payment will go down or at least your – not your payment necessarily may not go down, but you'll owe less on the car because you'll be paying more towards it. But if you give them a check for $1,000, they're not going to be as concerned about lowering your interest rate because they want to make money too. And they don't want to be stuck with the bill if you happen to total your car. So it's, let's just say you have shitty credit, but you've got that $1,000 sitting there from st- a stim cash and you want to refinance, which you can right now. Go and refinance. Say, I'll give you 1000 bucks right now towards the loan on my car. They'll, they'll happily do that. Um, as far as just debt, if you have a credit card, put it towards your credit card. If you have a mortgage, maybe put it towards your mortgage. If you have just underlying things that you're supposed to be paying off, do that. You don't need to be going and buying a TV right now. TVs are just going to get... TVs were already cheap, so you could already get a TV cheap, okay? If you want to put it in the stock market, you can. I advise you right now to actually take a serious look at stocks because they are nearing nearing their bottom. So if they're not going to... If the if the, the stocks that you're buying aren't going to go belly up, you can definitely invest in them and they will rebound in time. So you can put it in the stock market, which is essentially... You know, that's the bank. That is a bank. Higher percent, percentage of 
higher chance of loss, but still, that is another way of investing your money. Or just, you could put it in the bank too, you could put it in the market, but either way, don't go and buy tangible goods right now. That's what I wouldn't recommend. There are so many other deals, there's so many, so many other free shit that's being given to the public right now besides a $1,200 or if you have like a kiddo, a, you know, $2,000 stimulus check. There, uh, Verizon is giving people free gift cards. Your credit card companies are giving you free gift cards. There's free shit everywhere. There's free coffee galore. Every place that you go to, um, every like smaller chain like Aroma Joe's is giving out free coffee to essential employees. There's a lot of places doing a lot of things for you, offering a lot of discounts. So go ahead and take advantage of those things first before you go and buy goods. And the obviously... Like I said, this is going to cause a chain reaction. When I talked about this la on last week's podcast about the uh, the the restaurant effect, where this wave, uh, this pandemic, it financially first hits the hosts, then it hits the servers, and then it hits the kitchen, and that's when things come to a screeching halt. So which one is which? Well, it depends. Where is our food supply? Where is our ship shipping and mail supply and other things like that? For example, are we going to have a food shortage? No. There might be some things missing from the shelves for a couple days, but that's about it. But what this will affect is most likely prices going up um, because, quite frankly, that's what happens when there's a, sh when there's a shortage. Prices, will, prices can go up. Just expect that. So don't go and spend that money on just random bullshit. You should at least allocate 80 to 90% of it towards debt or essentials. And I don't mean like stocking up on toilet paper and hand sanitizer. You know, if you have a bottle of vodka in your house, you have hand sanitizer, especially if it's like cheap Stoli or Absolute or Smirnoff Lemon. You can use that as hand sanitizer if you really fucking need it. Um, just add a pinch of salt and some coconut oil into your, into your, and it'll make your hands nice and moist and lemony fresh and clean. But actually, that's actually a good idea. I should really give that a shot. So just for your stimulus checks, don't do anything stupid with it. That was for your your tax return was for so you could go and do something dumb. Uh, this is something different. This is you. There are the wave, the chain reaction of what's happening right now has yet to hit every single section of our market. So you need of the of the American market, uh, capital market, whatever system. So you just need to kind of hang back and pay if you're if you're not uh, paying down debt with it. You need to hang on to it and just let it sit there. Don't, you don't need to, don't, there's no reason to buy anything crazy right now. Um, there's a lot of cheap shit and there's a lot of companies that, like I said, that are giving out free gift cards. A lot of free gift cards are going out there because they are encouraging you to go out and buy. But you need to just use those gift cards for little tiny essentials that you can use around the house. Nothing more. So that's what I'm just saying. Stay close to home as far as financially. Uh, as far as if you want to go out and do stuff, if it, if your city allows it, then allow it. If you want to go for a drive to get your head cleared, go for a drive. I don't care. I don't know why. But this is what happens every year is when this, when celebs, we see shitloads of celebs on Instagram and on Facebook telling us to, quote, stay at home. You know what happens when these celebs tell us to do things? We kind of we kind of rebel because they, they treat us like they're our fuck, like we're their friggin' kids. And they're like, stay at home. Do everybody a favor. Hey, Tom Hanks, listen, I know you got the COVID, but why don't you just chill the fuck out, go back to LA, or excuse me, New York. He lives in New York. And just chill out there with Rita, okay? Go hang back. 
be, you know, and, and just stay off the Instagram. Quit telling us what to do. Same thing with De Niro. Stop telling us to stay at home. Don't tell us what to do. We just, th- these are not, don't get me wrong, they're not dumb people, but I wouldn't call them the geniuses of the world. Tom Hanks is not a genius. Robert De Niro is not a genius. And I don't like it when the celebs tell us what to do. You need to stay home. Protect. Shut the fuck up, okay? You live in Greenwich Village. I don't want to hear it. You have massive compounds where you can go from play- from room to room to room. And I'm not saying I have a small place. I don't. I have plenty of room to roam. And I just don't want to hear from celebrities once again telling us what to do. Because obviously, if they didn't, if they knew what they were doing, we wouldn't get Chet Hanks. We wouldn't get Lawrence Fishburne's daughter who's doing porn. We wouldn't get Arnold in the kitchen having cereal with his fucking donkey. So I don't want to hear from these all-wise, all-knowing celebrities telling us what to do when they don't even know how to take care of their fucking kids. Uh, Although, I have to admit, Sylvester Stallone's daughters are pretty hot, and he's got like three of them. Um, And they listen to him. But Stallone is more, he's more down here. He's more down here. So, I get it. But for the rest of them, if 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 you're if Tom Hanks's uh, son is a, a failing uh rap SoundCloud rapper, well there you go. I don't need to be taking advice from that guy. Don't get me wrong, I like Tom Hanks. I love his movies. Um, and I love Lawrence Fishburne, but there seems to be there seems to be just from a few a few brief studies, um, that actors have failing households their kids don't seem to grow up as well as they should so i kind of don't want them to treat me as their next child because obviously i'm going to do the same thing and rebel against them as well and since heart and since hollywood and the whole harvey weinstein thing i get the sense that none of us are listening to these celebrities and that should probably be where it remains so Maybe their their publicists and their agents should be telling these actors and actresses to shut the fuck up and stay off the social media telling us what to do before we go ahead and do the opposite, okay? That's like telling a kid, no, you can't touch that. Stay out of that cookie jar. Next thing you know, that kid's got chipmunk cheese full of chocolate chip. So actors and actresses, I mean, they're people. They're no different. And they're not the smartest bulbs uh, at Home Depot. So smartest bulbs at Home Depot. Yeah, we're going to go with that. So, And some of them are probably being paid by their publicist or paid by social media to say stay at home. So, hey, from me to you, why don't you stay home? Do us all a favor. Not only stay home, but stay out of social media because you're clogging up my social media arteries. So since I pulled that Cheeto out of my ass, let's go ahead and get – We got five. I got five articles this week. There was one that I um, – it just came up recently. Uh, Philip DeFranco brought it, brought it up. And I love talking about companies that absolutely suck the largest of dick. And since I've had a couple blow up with Comcasts, and my wars just never cease to, uh, never cease to stop with that fucking company, uh, there is another company out there that sucks just as much balls as Comcast. Now, do you need this other company? No. But if you want to purchase tickets, like music tickets, comedy tickets, uh, uh, Cirque du Soleil tickets. Chances are you're going to go through this company, and the company is Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster, uh, uh, number one, here's the biggest issue with Ticketmaster, is their fee policy. Their processing fees is, at times, 
40 to 50% of the ticket value. So if you buy a ticket for like 35, 40 bucks, it's going to come out to around $59 just for one of those tickets. Um, that's ridiculous. And sometimes you can only buy them in twos. So Ticketmaster charges a shitload of processing fees where I've used like Ticketfly to purchase tickets at the Wilbur Theater and it was like a couple bucks for, for them to process it. And so that that's, I absolutely hate Ticketmaster. I remember when uh, Eddie Vedder tried to take on Ticketmaster and he failed. But now they've done something else. Because of this whole COVID thing, a lot of, um, what do you call it? Events are being postponed, you know, set for later dates, like, you know, Coachella or South by Southwest or whatever. And other events like UFC events and other huge shows are being postponed, not canceled, but postponed. And normally, if you have a show that's postponed through Ticketmaster, you have your you have an ability to cancel and get your money back because a lot of these events, you have to schedule everything uh, months ahead of time. So say you're going to go to this huge event and tickets were like a couple hundred dollars a piece, not even probably more than that. Cause a lot of these companies, a lot of companies out there, they'll buy these tickets and then sell them on StubHub or something like that. And then you pick them up later. But I think that kind of gets away from my point. There are still a lot of tickets out there. If you go through StubHub, they can be a couple hundred dollars, a couple thousand dollars, depending on how many you're buying. They postpone the event. You can cancel that, get your refund because you have to plan the trip, the airfare, your time off from work. And now, because of this whole thing, Ticketmaster changed their policy to where instead of if it's postponed or canceled, you can get your you can get a full refund. Now it's just it, only if your event is canceled. So if your event is completely canceled by the artist or the entertainers, you can get your money back through Comcast. If it's postponed, you're shit out of luck. You're completely shit out of luck. And if in that's yeah. We don't care if you had plane tickets and you're trying to cancel those, if you had an Airbnb and you're trying to cancel that, if you had a time off from work, all that stuff, you have to cancel. But as far as Ticketmaster is concerned, you're still going to that event. You're still going to that event unless you sell it on StubHub or uh, whatever um, third-party vendor. You're still going to that event. And you have to re, uh, find new airfare, and you have to find a new Airbnb. And this is going to fuck up your whole schedule. And all Ticketmaster did was say, once again, fuck you to the consumer. That's all they do. Just like Comcast. We don't give a shit. We control the market. Go fuck yourself. That's what they do. I never, I've never liked Ticketmaster. Picking up my pen. I've officially picked up my pen. And I, when is this, this going to stop? When are we going to have other purchasing agencies or when are we going to have a lot of these comics and these entertainers and these shows uh, start to push back? Actually, more like these venues because Ticketmaster and Live Nation control these venues. And when they control the venue, they control how to purchase them. So, and I think Ticketmaster owns Live Nation or something to that effect. And I think they own iHeartRadio or something. Like, it's all a conglomerate. Everybody owns everybody. So one company controls all. Like, for example, Comcast, I think, owns NBC or something to that effect. So the idea is you have to, these large venues like the Wilbur Theater, they have to be like, listen, we're going to do our own system now. If you want to come to the Wilbur Theater, we're going to design our own ticket purchasing program. So we'll be able to charge less. I, at least I would hope. And there you go. That's it's as simple as that. The Chevalier Theater, the same thing. All these large venues and all these big clubs need to start saying to Live Nation and to um, 
And to Ticketmaster, kiss my ass, we're going to do it our way so we can charge less for these tickets, if that's even possible. Because the idea is, is that these processing fees are getting completely out of control, and it's almost like now you've got to pay a shit ton in fees, and if the for some reason they postponed, you're shit out of luck, you're going to have to find new airfare, you're going to have to find new Airbnb, because a lot of people we travel, a lot of people travel all over the country uh, to see these shows or entertainers. And just taking a night out, it's a major incon at at the very least, it's a inconvenience to the consumer. And Ticketmaster just took what Jordan Peterson says, uh, tragedy, and turned it into hell. That's what Ticketmaster does, and they're doing everything they can to protect their asses and to protect their wallets. Because if everybody cancels, Ticketmaster loses those processing fees, which they make their money on. They're trying to cut. They're trying to save their asses, but it, but it doesn't look good. When they're trying to keep their, they're trying to keep money that hardworking people, uh, well, they worked hard for. So that's my opinion on Ticketmaster and their shitty way of doing things. And quickly climbing the ranks of the Comcast and the Googles of being some of the scummiest companies on the planet. So, you know what's funny? And you got companies out there like Monsanto who spray pesticides all over the place. And I'm bitching about a ticket mass, I'm, I'm a ticket purchasing company, but. Any, when I when I spot somebody perp deliberately fucking over the the American people or, or hardworking people who buy tickets and spend good money to see these shows, I gotta call bullshit on these companies. And Comcast clearly can eat my ass with a golden spoon, and Ticketmaster can can get right behind them with a knife and a fork. Um, I did have a funny. Let's see. There was a drone thingy. There was a pizza a pizza article, and then there was '80s military movies. Uh, do you know? Oh, I did want to mention really quick. You know how I'm a big fan of hot? Okay. Big things in this podcast. Number one, coffee. Number two, kombucha. Number three, which you don't normally see on the podcast, is hot sauce. You guys know I'm a big fan of Badia, B-A-D-I-A hot sauce. They make they make a chipotle, a habanero, and the oh-so-spicy ghost pepper. Well, I found another company that's not as hot as any of those. However, quite delicious. And I have it here with me. This company I just found in my local store called Siete. Uh, Siete, they have a, a bunch of hot sauces made with avocado oil. This is the habanero version of it. And made with avocado oil has a little bit of mustardy, but let's see. The ingredients are water, apple cider vinegar, avocado oil, golden beets, carrots, dates, sea salts, uh, polla pepper, garlic, flax seeds, habanero pepper, coija extract, chia seeds and turmeric and it is just delicious and of course as always uh siete family foods made in the usa questions email at us hot sauces at sietefoods.com sietefoods.com at siete foods and this one the habanero sauce is delicious you put it on soup you can put it on salad you can put it on steak you can put it on chicken you can put it on fish uh, great ingredients list. Nutritional facts are solid. This is an absolutely tasty. Uh, comes in like an orangey. It's an orangey yellowish uh, sauce, and it comes like a, a pinky orange type of label. But it's great. So Siete S I E T E hot sauce. Get the hot. I just tried the habanero one, and it's awesome. I would recommend trying this on your steak over like a one or something. Uh, so give this a whirl. It's not as hot as the Badia uh, Habanero. It's not. It's got a little kick to it. It's got the overlying heat, but this one won't hurt you. And if you're used to the Habaneros and the Ghost Peppers, this one's not gonna. You're not gonna feel it. 
but it's delicious. It's absolutely delicious. Um, and it pours out pretty quick. I'm actually, I've had this bottle for a couple days and I'm already out. So Siete Habanero Sauce, give them, a, give that one a try. I'm, I'm loving it. I'm going to get it again. I'm going to get it again. I'm going to go get another bottle the next chance I get. I may even mix that with the body is hot sauce that I normally get. Um, the habanero, not the habanero one, excuse me, the ghost pepper one. Mix those two together and see if I can get, well, I can use the ghost pepper a little bit more and spare the habanero siete sauce a little bit. I mean, I'm thinking the two together will be quite vibrant. I did see a um, a funny. This is from the New York Post. This is a straight article that I want to get into. We got we got some decent Q and A today, also. But all right, this is um, from the New York Post. Sam Raskin is the writer. Let's see. Okay, Black Liberty Chat. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm gonna get right past that. All right, let's just get. I don't want to go by the Twitter thingy because that's kind of stupid. But let's just see what this is. This is pretty hilarious. Okay. A McDonald's restaurant in China has been temporarily closed after it tried to ban black people from entering over fears of the coronavirus, according to a report. The restaurant located in the industrial city of Guangzhou. Guangzhou is uh, a place where a lot of your eBay and Amazon products come. Guangzhou is a big shipping hub. Uh, displayed a sign reading, we've been informed that from now on, black people are not allowed to enter the restaurant, the BBC reported. The incident comes as racial tensions mount in the city, which is a hub for African traders and home to China's largest African communities. In recent weeks, hundreds of Africans in the southern Chinese city were evicted from hotels and apartments after online rumors that the coronavirus was spreading among African people, community leaders told the outlet. McDonald's said the store was quickly shuttered when the company became aware of the disturbing notice and that the restaurant's apparent ban on black people was not representative of the company's inclusive values. Immediately oh, immediately upon quote immediately upon learning of an authorized unauthorized communication uh, to our guests in the restaurant in Guangzhou, we immediately removed the communication and temporarily closed the restaurant. McDonald's spokesperson said to the BBC. In addition, the company said it is administering a diversity inclusion training at the store. Oh, you mean that thing that they tried at Starbucks and doesn't fucking work? First of all, let's get past this. The notice says, okay, the notice simply says, uh, let's see. We've been informed that from now on, black people are not allowed to enter the restaurant. For the sake of your health and conscientiously, and for the sake of your health, conscientiously notify the police for medical isolation. Please understand the inconvenience. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, you're not allowed in. So if you think that America is racist, well, guess what? The land of the corona, uh, guess what? They, let's see, they suppress Muslims. They probably, uh, let's see, they're going after people in, in uh, what is it, Hong Kong. And this is the land of communism, where everybody's equal, apparently. And now they're banning black people from their restaurants. So, yeah, uh, you haven't seen that in the United States since the late 1960s. Uh, so if you think we're racist, you may want to check back with the lovely folks in China who can do no wrong, according to Disney. Uh, so that's that's uh, that's rough. That's rough. Yeah, that's that's pretty aggressive. I know that, that there's like Chinese or what do you call the English or thing. I, that is obviously somebody, somebody really fucked up on that. We, wow. We've been informed that from now on 
black people are not allowed to enter the restaurant. Okay, so obviously they have a lot of African traders that go on through there. But first of all, what shocks me is that their um, restaurants open. All our restaurants are closed. So nobody's allowed in our restaurants, only through like drive through and takeout. So why are their restaurants open to begin with? If we're trying to, quote, flatten the curve, what are their restaurants doing op- open? So, and this isn't the black people virus. This is the coronavirus, okay? The COVID-19, which, come, which came from China, uh, from the, the province of Wuhan, where somebody bit the head off a bat. This didn't come from an African trader. This came from a, uh, this came from a, 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 a Chinese city. So, you know, talk about the pot, the pot calling the kettle uh, black. <laughs> so that was uh, a big oops by McDonald's. I'm not really offended by it because, well, it's China. I don't know what to tell you. That's that's what I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. It was definitely a bad idea. And uh, I wish them all the best. Well, actually, I don't. It's McDonald's. I could give a shit less. I already said that we shouldn't be supporting large businesses right now. We should be focusing on small businesses because that's what this wonderful world is built on. So let's get rid of that one. And let's just jump right over to... uh, I haven't done a drone article in a while. Okay, so New York City was the hub of a lot of deaths. Okay, a lot. And what was the death count in New York for the COVID virus? Let's see. We'll see. Let's type that in. Deaths. COVID New York. And let's see what pops up. Uh, New York, new cases, 5,000. How many deaths? 10,000 deaths in New York. Uh, from Corona, possibly. From possibly Corona-related deaths, they've had 10,000 deaths. All right, so here's the thing. Uh, where are you going to put all those bodies? That's the kicker. And there's this island called Heart Island. And there was a video circulating, a drone video or drone pictures of of the New York Police Department basically with a on this island where they're doing a lot of mass graves. Not that they have a choice. It's just they got to go somewhere. And if you have 10,000 people dead, you got to find a place to bury them, you know, and... One of these, this guy, George Steinmetz, had a DJI Mavic 2, which is a pretty awesome drone, and he flew it over Hart Island and took some pictures. And apparently he wasn't supposed to do that. Now, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what ha- what he was doing, why it was a bad idea, and what we could have done to avoid it. Because I've sort of flown in New York City with my drone, but for the most part, no. But not in New York City. But I'll, I'll explain to you a little bit more. Here's the article from Drone XL. Preparing for burials of what appear to be more... More COVID-19 victims this morning on Hard Island, New York City. For over 150 years, this island with no public access has been used has been used to bury over a million souls whose bodies were not claimed for private burial. So nobody claimed them, so they go into a private burial. With the morgues of NYC strained, the, pay, the pace of burials on Hard Island has increased dramatically. I was sighted by NYPD while taking this photo, and my drone, which is a Mavic 2... Mavic 2 Pro, so that's about $1,200. My $1,200 uh, drone was confiscated as evidence for a court date t- tentatively scheduled for mid-August. 
In the comments related to his post on Instagram, Steinmetz confirmed that NYPD uses outdated law, NYC PL 10-126, that prohibits anybody from taking off or landing on aircraft in New York City to cite him. Taking off or landing on it. Landing in aircraft. Taking off or landing in aircraft in New York City to cite him. Hard Island and City Island are in the Bronx, which is one of the five boroughs of New York City. All right. To the question, did they charge NYC PL 10-126 or something else? Steinmetz responded with, exactly. I knew they were serious about it in Manhattan, but a city island at sunrise? Okay. Uh, Steinmetz said he took off from, from City Island to fly his drone to nearby Hart Island. These drones can fly like two to four miles away, by the way. they have, and Some of them have up to 30 minutes of battery life, and they fly at like 30 to 40 miles per hour. So they can get where they need to go relatively quickly. These are no airspace restrictions at that location other than the standard FAA rules that apply to safe and responsible drone flying. Those are not really rules. Those are more guidelines set by uh, the aeronautical hobbyist groups, also known as the AMA, which I'm a member of, uh, that apply to safe and responsible drone flying. You are uh, far enough away from LaGuardia Airport and its restricted airspace. Steinmetz added that a tentative court date has been set for mid-August. You can see the detail map. Okay, so he tells everybody, this is where I took off. This is where I was flying to. Hard Island, sometimes referred to is located, measured, blah, 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 to the more remains, 1,500 barrels a year. Okay. Drone XL's take. Okay, so the actual company that, so Drone XL is the website that's doing the article. Here's their take. The fact that COVID-19 victims are buried in mass graves at Hart Island seems historically significant. So pictures, pictures should be done. Pictures should be taken of this event. It makes you wonder why the NYPD would use a decades-old law to hit George Steinmetz with and what otherwise seems to be a perfectly safe and legal drone operation. If he had launched his drone from a boat, he would have been set, he would have been fine. All right, so, okay, if he would have, in New York City, you can fly, you can launch your drone from a boat, which is cool. You can launch your drone from a boat. Canceled, 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 canceled. I don't care about that. 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 If you launch your drone from a boat in New York City, you're fine. If you fly above a certain amount, a uh, certain height, you're in shitloads of trouble. If you uh, launch it from Jersey, you're okay. If you launch it anywhere near uh, within five miles of an airport, uh, you have to follow the uh, height guidelines, which are in the uh, before you fly or the air map. The air map will tell you exactly how far you can fly. Uh, let's see, what else? Generally, if you fly over police or fire firefighter activity, that's a no-no. You don't do that. In this case, I'm not sure. This is kind of a gray area as this is you're taking photos of a New York Police Department action, which I don't think you should do, but it's an, it's an historical moment. So I would take acceptance, acceptance to that rule. Um, so, it, yeah, it's historically significant. Therefore, I would I would I would clear it now. And he took off from a if he took it from a boat, he'd be perfectly fine. They'd have to give him his drone back. However, because he took off from an actual uh, an actual part of the city, then that's different. He took off from parts of the city. That's a different animal altogether. Um, let's see. The remains of more than one billion people. Have been, yeah, because he took off from a part of the uh, part of the city. That's why they're using that rule. And in New York City, you can't take off at all. You can't really fly your drone in Manhattan, pretty much to begin with. There are rules. There's there's a thing called the air map. That will explain it to you more. You can go and download that on Google Play. 
you can download that shit on Google Play, and it will show you exactly where you can take off from, where you can fly into, where you can't fly into. But it's just, it's just, this is something that is coming down the pike, and it's becoming more and more of a pain in the ass as time goes on to be able to fly your drone without being hassled by anybody. And my drone hasn't gone up in a while. It hasn't gone up in a couple months now. I'm looking forward to soon getting it back out there for another ep- for another uh, for another art blog or vlog I'm trying to do, but it's just becoming increasingly painful. So I don't fly around people. I do not fly around people at all. I just find it really annoying, and I don't mind educating people on drone stuff, but it just they assume the worst when you're flying it. And I my bird's loud, so. But yeah, it sucks. Twelve hundred bucks. They'll probably give it. I would hope they give it back to him. And I hope they let him slide on a historically significant thing. If there's enough pressure from the public, which I doubt there will be, then he would get his drone back and he wouldn't be fined. But I think he's going to get a fine, and I don't think he's going to get his drone back. Unless he pays the fine and the repo fee, then he'll get his drone back. But that's the end of that. Uh, Five best military movie. Do I want to go through this, or I just want to go straight to Q&A? Eh, we'll check it out. Let's see what he thinks. Um, oh, by the way, I watched. Um, by the way, new, Tom Segura's new special "Ball Hog" is out on Netflix right now. I actually saw him perform that at the Hampton Beach Casino Ballroom, and it was it was a killer, killer hour. So if you are on Netflix right now, go and if you're a fan of comedy, like true comedy at its purest, go and check out Tom Segura's "Ball Hog" uh, on Netflix. That's a high marker. I also got a chance to check out. Adam Sandler's new movie, Uncut Gems, where he's a uh, a diamond and a jewelry broker uh, in the Diamond District of New York City. And it's just a movie that's filled with anxiety where he's constantly making poor decision after poor decision. He can't stop. And the movie, it's a great movie. And he's, he's a great actor in it, and there's a lot of moving parts. But it is a movie, if you have anxiety issues... This movie will make your chest hurt all the way up to the very end. Um, and I'm not going to I'm not ruining the ending, but it's just a movie that just doesn't stop. And you want him to just for fucking once, just take it easy, put it to bed. And he just he can't. There's something mentally wrong with him as he continues to make these deals and just, his life just continues to spin out of control. Uh, so Uncut Gems by A24 Films. Go ahead and check that out. That's uh, that's it's it's an interesting. The intro is really cool and the ending is really cool. But go ahead and check that out by A twenty four films. You can also is it on? It's not on Netflix. I got it through Redbox, but it was really really good. I'd give it I give it a four out of five, just before because it really um, uh, evoked feeling like the Big Short, which made me really angry. But it's such a really good movie. This movie made me really anxious. So it it hit the nerve that it was supposed to. And for that, it gets markers. It gets stars for them, to be precise. 80s movies, though. We'll see if I agree with this. This is 1980s movies. The five best military movies of the 1980s to watch while you're stuck at home. All right, let's see if they're right. Number one, Iron Eagle. That's a hard no. That movie did not age well. Uh, this movie required disclaimer. In order for it to be a good military movie, it, you don't need to be realistic. Iron Eagle is a lot of things, but realistic isn't one of them. For those who haven't seen it, Iron Eagle is the story of a young man named Doug Masters who aspires to be a pilot like his father. And when his father is shot down over a Arab nation, Doug enlists the help of another fighter pilot to the hatch to steal an F-16, a couple of them, and somehow fly them all the way to the Middle East, 
take on an entire Air Force, land on an enemy airstrip, and then fly his dad home. Uh, it's not a good movie. It's it's not a good movie. It doesn't it doesn't hold up. It's just completely ridiculous. I I would skip that one altogether. Uh, I don't have a problem with the actor. Uh, what the hell is his name? It wasn't Delroy Lindo. It was the other guy. But it is a really good movie. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, number two is Red Dawn. Red Dawn actually has some cheesy 80s replay value to it. Uh, I enjoyed like Red Dawn when I saw it. And I would have liked the new one, but it didn't. There was some. It was supposed to be China they were fighting in the new one. But pressure from Hollywood and pressure from China forced them to change it at the last minute to um, force them to change it to uh, North Korea. So they had to do these last minute additions. So, yeah, but Red Dawn in the 1980s. Uh, basically, it's they're in a rural section of the uh, let's see where they land. They're in the heartland of America. And then the, the basically the 80s version, the Russian the Russians land in certain parts of the United States as a surprise attack and they try to take over the United States and then a group of kids who are in high school try to fight back the Russians using, you know, stolen tanks and stolen guns and stuff like that. Everybody's in it. Charlie Sheen's in it, Patrick Swayze's in it. It's it's a that's not a bad movie. You would you would actually I think you'd want to check that out. That's kind of cool. So, yeah, I you get a thumbs up from me for Red Dawn. This one's easy, number 3, Predator. Predator, basically uh, a team of badass Marines all jacked up and juiced the nines go out there to uh, fuck up a bunch of uh, CIA uh, operatives and, uh, you know, Colombian rebels or whatever. And next thing you know, who drops in uh, to murder almost all of them? Predator. And he goes and basically it ends up being just Arnold versus the Predator. It's a, This is one of the greatest action movies of all time. It still holds up to this day. Uh, there's no romance in this movie. This is just meat. This is just pure meat. This movie's fucking awesome. And anybody who has a chance to see Predator, you won't be disappointed. It's badassery at its best. Uh, Top Gun. I I just saw. I just watched Top Gun again. Um, about two weeks ago. And uh, yeah, cheesy as hell. Uh, low budget movie for what it was, because they were only able to get to use like certain shots from the airplanes. That's a, it's a, it takes a lot of money, a lot of time to enlist aircraft for this, for this movie. So, but, um, the premise holds true, which is why the movie is finally getting a sequel, which comes out in December. So now Top Gun Maverick is going to be a Christmas movie. And yeah, Maverick is a fly by the seat of his pants pilot. And there you go. If you haven't seen Top Gun yet, you got to check it out. Sit down with some popcorn and some Dove chocolate and check that bad boy out. So you get a thumbs up from me for that one as well. Uh, let's see. Finally, Aliens. Not Alien, Aliens, the sequel by James Cameron. He was writing the, he was writing Aliens the same time he was writing the screen, screenplay for Rambo First Blood Part 2. Uh, let's see. After the massive hit that was Alien, the much-anticipated sequel somehow managed to add a platoon of space marines and still retain the chilling vibe of Alien universe known for now. The let's see. Now this this is probably the greatest Aliens movie ever made. By the way, this one is the best, in my opinion. It's the best. This movie may not take place in a fictional Arab nation or blah 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 blah. Space marines fighting. Who doesn't love a story about space marines fighting alien monsters? This movie might be the uh, the least military of the lot. But it's also the most fun to rewatch again and again. 
which earns it a whole lot of extra credit in my book. For Marines like me, we may not associate with the cowardly yelps of Bill Paxton's Private Hudson, but let's all be honest with ourselves. A few yelps are warranted when you're being hunted by slimy space monster with acid for blood. Does this movie make my top for 80s military? Yes, it does. This movie was badass, and it portrayed a, a female action hero properly. And aliens with, uh, what the fuck is it? What's her name? Sigourney Weaver? That's as good. She's as good as it gets. She's as good as it gets. And yeah, Aliens is one of the greatest action movies and one of the greatest sci-fi movies of all time. So I highly recommend Aliens with the S at the end. It's actually, and yeah, it's better than the first one. It's way better than the first one. Okay, so we are at 42 minutes. Let's go ahead and finish up with some Q&A and let's get the hell out of here on a windy Wednesday. Also, if you want to support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. All right, here is the first Q&A for today. Do I want to exchange for a sperm donation? We'll go back to that one if we have to. All right, so let's see here. I'm going to let the wind die down. This is fucking what's pissing me off, is that every time the wind blows, every time the wind blows just a little bit, my internet goes out. I, I, I don't know what else to do about it. It's just pissing me off to no avail. And I made multiple phone calls about it. And nobody seems to give a fuck. It's like, oh, well, I don't want to tell you, COVID. All right. Should my girlfriend apologize for telling my mother, who is black, that veganism is like the civil rights movement? You know what? Let me go ahead and just do something really quick here. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do a start recording. There we go. All right. That should fix that problem. I'm a biracial, mom is black, dad is white man, and my girlfriend is white. We're both vegan, but my girlfriend is much more vocal about it. We recently went to my mom's home. We went to we recently went to my home for dinner. My parents aren't vegan, but prepared vegan food when I'm home. Over dinner, my girlfriend began beca- began comparing eating vegan to the civil rights movement, which my mom found offensive. I tried explaining to my girlfriend why these comments may have crossed the line, but she gets really upset. I don't know how to or if I should try to talk to her about it again. My mom refuses to talk to my girlfriend until she apologizes. And my dad's side with my mom. Those two are so far apart. So far apart. Okay, I'm going to tell you right now that veganism and what is it? Civil rights are one of these things is not like the other. You cannot compare the two in any way, shape, or form. You can't compare it to the civil rights movement. You can't compare it to slavery. You can't compare it to um, uh, women's right to vote. You can't compare it to dog shit. You cannot compare it to anything other than food choices and maybe some uh, proper, you know, and, and bad factory farming. You need, this is what has to happen. This is what has to happen. Your girlfriend has to apologize, read a fucking history book, or get or kick rocks. If this is what veganism does to your brain, your girlfriend's an idiot. So you need she has to apologize to your mother for saying something so completely stupid and so uneducated, or she's gotta go. And it, wait, should my girlfriend apologize? Okay, so she's still your girlfriend, which means if you fire her ass now, it's not going to cost you 60%. And I say 60 instead of half of your money because a lawyer takes a third and then she takes a third. So it's going to cost you way more. So I would just make her apologize for being stupid. I bet if she ate a piece of beef, her IQ would go up 10 points and she wouldn't make dumb comments like that. 
So my mom refuses to talk to my girlfriend until she apologizes. And my dad sides with my mom. And I agree with your dad. Who agrees with your mom? So guess what? Bitch, apologize. You said something really fucking stupid. Next one. Should I tell my daughter again that I've noticed her boyfriend has feminine traits? Boy, we're getting a lot of gay stuff on this podcast lately. My daughter uh, is in her late in her. My daughter is in her early thirties and has a handful of long-term serious relationships over the years with young men. These relationships didn't work out for various reasons. Recently, she met a guy online. She fell for him instantly, and he for her. She says she's never met someone so thoughtful, and that he is unlike anyone she's ever met before. He brings her flowers each week, cooks for her, makes lunch for her to take to work with little notes inside. Aw. Buys her little gifts. Jokingly, I said, he's so thoughtful and nurturing. He sounds like a woman, just like me. After meeting and spending an evening out with him, I can't help but feel he may not be totally heterosexual. He seems like a nice enough person, but he, he exhibits more female or womanly characteristics and mannerisms, acting more like a girlfriend than a boyfriend. He has recently changed his first name and has also removed all traces of social media online so there are no pictures or clues into his past relationships or life, life before meeting my daughter. I hate to have her hurt or deceived again and would never volunteer my suspicions to her unless she asked, but my intuition is rarely wrong. Oh, wait, oh, wait, are you saying maybe he's not gay? Are you saying that maybe he transitioned and didn't tell her about it? So he's a she. Or he was a she or something like that. And he didn't tell anybody. So he got rid of all this social media. So nobody knew that Chris used to be Christine. Oh, yeah. You may want to. Well, I don't know. You may want to have her uh, look into that. You know, it's, it doesn't hurt to be honest. Being honest is fine. As long as people are willing to accept that. And that's, you know, everybody has preferences. But. Yeah, you may want to just check it out. Just, I mean, I get it. You can bring it up. You personally, your 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 thoughts on it. You may want to bring it to her and just let and ask her, inquire, have her inquire. But then you got to leave it alone completely because it's not your relationship. Therefore, it's not your business. But if she, if you bring it up to her and she decides to inquire in a little bit more, yeah, she has every right to do so. And I could see. Well, first of all, his frame tells everything. His frame tells his frame tells all. And I'm not into feminine men. If you were born a male and you're a feminine dude, yeah, I'm kinda not I'm not really into the the you know being a weak being a weak ass dude. I'm just I'm not into being I'm not into betas. I don't like beta dudes. I just they don't do anything for me. I like I like fucking people who can take care of themselves. Uh so but this in this case there might be a little uh there might be a little something to that, to your thought. I mean I get it. You're trying to you're trying to protect your daughter from people who aren't necessarily telling the truth. So, if that's the case, you have more than you you're it's more than understandable that you at least bring it up. All right, next one. Should I try to get my neighbors to stop letting their toddlers play in the street? There are parents in our neighborhood who set their kids toys in the, into the street, then let their toddlers, about 1 and 2, play there. Sometimes the parents are sitting close by. Other times they are engaged in yard work. This area is about 30 feet from the corner. So you turn onto our road and suddenly see these kids over the hood. When you slam on the brakes, the parents wave and giggle as if to say, aren't they just adorable? We neighbors, uh, as if to say, aren't they just adorable? We, We neighbors don't feel it's our place to challenge their parenting style. 
but we all fear this will end in tragedy. Your advice. All right. Well, first of all, playing in the streets, I, I think, is a violation, and I think that uh, Child Protective Services may want to say something about that. Now, if it's a blind area where they, they shouldn't be in the middle of the street, depending upon their ages, too. So if you want to bring it up to them, you can. And for the safety of everybody involved, you should not be playing in the street. That's why we have backyards. And uh, I mean, yeah, challenging a parenting style is different. Challenging a parenting style is essentially like where it's none of your business is inside the home, in the backyard, or when they're out fishing with their kids. That's none of your business. You stay out of that completely. When it's in public, when it's in public view, like at a Walmart, when you see a kid getting smacked, or you see kids just being delinquent playing in the streets, yeah, you have uh, a, you have a a not a social res- responsibility, but a safety responsibility and make sure that those kids don't get hurt because if you don't do anything they will get hurt all it takes is one little shit in his honda civic type s and he's just coming around the corner doesn't see the kid and next thing you know he's bumper fodder so you may want to say something and i wouldn't i wouldn't put it past you if you did so uh yeah i would i would say i would say something to them just don't play in the don't play in the street all right next q a why isn't my employee as productive working at home with a toddler as she was in the office? Well, there you go. There's your answer, stupid. What are reasonable expectations for managers whose employees are now working from home? For myself, I can adhere to my normal schedule while homebound, but I have a great employee who, having gone above and beyond in normal times, pleads childcare issues now that she is home. She is productive, but putting off some time-sensitive tasks because her toddler demands her time. Her husband is also at home. Is it reasonable to expect an employee to find a way to work her normal schedule even while she is telecommuting? It is frustrating to hear I can't do such and such when she would have been able to easily in the in, do it easily in the workplace. She has a um huh well okay yeah I get childcare and things like that but you have a responsibility as an employee to work effectively in the home um as work as effectively in the home as you would in the office which is at home you need an office with a locked door in order to get shit done that is your that is your responsibility and if you can't perform those responsibilities at home then you need to go to the office or you need to go to a virtual workspace area there are plenty of them around i just had a i just did a consultation with a guy who was opening up one in um down the street and he and it's available to people who are telecommuting granted it costs like 90 bucks a month but still it's an option for those who need the option now it is i would understand where it may be unreasonable to expect that at this time but she shouldn't be i get i get the request can be a little hard everybody needs to kind of lean on each other during this during this whole uh pandemic where you know, a lot of people are going through tough shit right now, and maybe this person is is planning to go back into the office once this whole thing is over, not planning to work home, work from home permanently. Some people are, and they need to make that adjustment. So it has to be there has to be a combination of meeting both ways, uh, a combina- a, 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 you know, what do you call it, an agreement about what t- you know this and that. Now I get it. She's got a toddler at home, then. The door has to be locked and closed. There has to be preparation at home. There has to be some type of preparation at home where you go into an office, you lock the door, you don't come out until the job's done. And I, I, I would have to, like I said, 
when when there's a toddler in, at home, then the father, the husband, has to pick up the slack. The father does have to pick up the slack. I would have to say, if this is if the toddler was already at home with the dad while the mom was at work, then it shouldn't change at all. Where the father needs to continue to pick up the slack and be the man of the house and make sure that the mom can continue to work. Other than if, because if it doesn't happen and she gets fired, then guess what? The husband did not fulfill his role as a caretaker in the house. And like I said, bitch dudes get bitch gifts. Do I want to do one more? Sure, why not? Uh, let's see. Is it okay for a dinner guest to pack a to-go plate before eating? This is an interesting thing. Let's actually we'll dissect this. I have a good friend who, every time I invite her and her husband over for dinner, always assumes their 20-year-old daughter can have a plate as well. They make her a plate before they serve de- themselves and take it to her. I guess I don't mind, but I wish they would ask before assuming it's okay. Most of the time, I make enough food so I have leftovers for my boyfriend to take for lunch the following day. Is she being rude or am I just not being a not-so-nice friend? It is decorum. It is decorum to ask to bring stuff home with you, regardless of who you're giving it to, before you do it. So they are in the wrong for being for assuming that it was okay and that it is, yes, rude and you need to bring it up with them. Just let me know ahead of time. It will be embarrassing and somewhat blushing when you do bring it up to them. But that besides the point, they need to uh, at least acknowledge and ask every time they do it. And as long as they do that and it's okay with you, yes, I would agree. Just let them let them have a plate. But they need to ask. You need to ask permission. Ask permission. Be polite. Have manners. It'll all turn out okay. All right. This, this fucking wind ban is killing the internet. Is it okay to go through someone else's pantry and throw it? Okay. Here's the last one for the day. Is it okay to go through someone else's pantry and throw away their food? When my wife and I hosted some family members, one of our female guests took it upon herself to go through our pantry and select every item that was passed to past its sell-by or best date. She then proceeded to pour contents into our garbage disposal and toss the containers into our recycling bin. We have some other friends who experienced the same thing when they hosted a family member recently. We are over 65 as are our friends. I'm sure these women think they are doing us a favor, but most of the discarded items were condiments, and I have never gotten sick from a bad condiment. Has it ever been has it been commonplace for family members to go through an elderly person's pantry or refrigerator and toss expired items without their consent? No, that's a shit thing to do. That's a shit thing to do. You don't just go into somebody's house and just throw away all their shit. You might as well just fucking eat it. I I know. This is was it? It's a wife and I hosted family members. One of the female guests took it upon herself to go through our pantry. No, that person should not be allowed in the house ever again. You don't go into somebody's house and root through their stuff. It's like you might as well just go into their bathroom and root through their cupboards and throw out all their old medications and stuff. You shouldn't you should not be doing that. That's completely uncalled for. I, I would not be I would not be copacetic with anybody doing that for any reason whatsoever. I'm not a fan of it. Yeah, don't do that. Don't go through my cupboards and touch my shit. Don't go through my t- cupboards and touch my shit and everything will be fine. There's some really annoying people on this podcast today, including me. I'm even annoyed with myself. Uh, we'll see. Mm, do I want to do that one? Now nah, we'll save that for we'll save that for Sunday leftovers. In the meantime, I'm gonna close up shop. We are 57 minutes. We'll close up shop for today. I want to thank you guys all. Welcome all new subscribers um, to the podcast. I want if you guys have questions or comments or suggestions, you can hit me up at positive sarcasm.com. Click on the contact page, and uh, you can like, subscribe, 
You can send me messages there if you have questions about posing music, movie reviews, anything in particular, questions, comments, concerns, you can hit me up there. Or you can just directly email me, positive sarcasm at outlook.com, uh, uh, subject podcast. If you want to be a guest on this podcast, you want to sip coffee on this podcast, just go to positive sarcasm.com and uh, message me there with the subject podcast. And all you got to do is sign a waiver and you're good. And if you just want to sit uh, coffee uh, on the casting couch and be out of screen, you can do that as well. Uh, all are welcome here. And uh, if you have, let's see, you can find me on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Spotify, and pretty much anywhere where podcasts are available, you can find me there. So like, subscribe, share, donate, tell a friend, rate, review, donate, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. If you want a free stock, go to positivesarcasm.com, click on the contact button, and you'll find the uh, referral banner for Robinhood. Until then, thank you all for listening, watching, subscribing. I will talk to you all next week, streaming live from the Spare Part Studios. This has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation. Woke up quick at about noon. Just thought that I had to be in Compton soon. I gotta get drunk before the day begins. Before my mother starts bitching about my friends. About to go and damn near went blind. Young niggas on the path throwing up gang signs. I went in the house to get the clip with my Mac 10 on the side of my head. I bailed outside and I pointed my weapon. Just as I thought the fools kept stepping, I jumped in the flow, hit the juice of my ride. I got front and back, side to side. Then I let the Alpine play. I was pumping new shit, buying WA. It was gangster, gangster at the top of the list. Then I played my own shit, it went something like this. Cruising down the street in my 6 foot jocking the bitches, slapping the hoes. I went to the park to get the scoop. Knuckleheads out there, cold shooting smoke. Car pulls up, who can it be? It's a fresh El Camino rolling kilo G. He rolls down the window and he starts to say, It's all about making that GTA. Cause the boys in the hood are always hard. Come talking that trash and we'll pull your car. Knowing nothing in life but to be legit. Don't quote me, boy, I ain't said shit. as hell and I wanna get ill so I go to a place where my homeboys chill fellas out there trying to make that dollar I pulled up in the 6-4 Impala greeted with the 40 and I start drinking from the 8-ball my breath starts stinking I gotta get my girl to rock that body before I left I hit the Bacardi pulled to the house get her out of the path and the bitch said something to make me mad she said something I couldn't believe So I grabbed a stupid bitch by a nappy ass weave Started talking shit, wouldn't you know I reached back like a pimp and I slapped the hoe And her father stood up and he started to shout So I threw a right cross and knocked his old ass out Cause the boys in the hood are always hard Come talking that trash and we'll pull your card Knowing nothing in life but to be legit Don't quote me boy, I ain't said shit Tripping, but it's alright
this podcast go to positive sarcasm.com slash donate any amount is appreciated once again positive sarcasm.com slash donate